Welcome to episode 196 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And we are here uh, down in the depths of uh, social distancing manner in uh, the Pat Cave. And we are, uh, I don't, we're not six feet apart, but that's okay because we actually sleep in the same bed because. I am joined, obviously, by my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is the mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of wine, the queen of the monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, Ashes von Quarantine Mare. We're going to wham wham wazzle. Ooh, are we going to party? Slurms McKenzie, the original party word. Oh, thanks, contest winner. (laughs) So... This week, uh, we are going to be delving into Futurama, and we're going to be talking about one Philip J. Fry, because we have been watching a lot of Futurama, and uh, I think it's we're well overdue. We've done a Zap Brannigan episode, but we haven't done a Fry episode, although the two of them are uh, kind of tied together in a way. A, a little bit, and we'll get into that yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, what I, uh, that's a tease for later on, but if you're familiar with the show... Uh, or if you're not, if you're familiar with the show, you know that Fry is a character. He's a uh, shiftless 25-year-old delivery boy who accidentally gets frozen in a cryogenic tube and ends up in uh, 30th century New York City. So the question that we have today for our getting into character is, if you could freeze yourself to get out of the current climate, you just freeze yourself, everything you know around you goes on as normal, your family, uh, everything goes as normal, family, work, pets, everything, would you freeze yourself? And if so, how long? How long do you think it would take for all of this to blow over? Like, could you just go down to the Winchester, have a pint, and wait for all this to blow over? Or would it take a little bit longer? So, Ashes, I'm going to start with you, uh, because it's either you or me, and I'm the one introducing this question, so... Uh, yeah, over to you. Uh, thanks, Patsy. I don't know what I would do. So, like, there are pros and cons to both. Yes. Obviously, you know, freezing yourself, you can get out of the situation that we are currently in. You don't have to hear the words coronavirus or COVID-19 anymore. I mean, you wouldn't really be hearing any words because you'd be frozen, you know, you could you could get out of of Trump's America. You could get out of a lot of situations that are really less than desirable at this point. But it's like, where do you where do you go? Like how long? So if if you were to freeze yourself, how long would you freeze yourself? Because I you don't. Well, I, I'm. I'm thinking aloud. Oh, gotcha. I'm taking you on this mental journey with me. Walk with me. Mental, all right. Shut up. It's because I've been in quarantine with you. Yeah, lucky you. Some people have to go with quarantine with just like dogs and cats. Kitties are loving quarantine. Um, Actually, that's not true. I'm not in full quarantine. I do still have to go to work because I'm essential. I prefer the term VIP. It sounds so much cooler. When people are like, oh, you're you're an essential worker. Like that kind of sounds lame and stupid. But saying, listen, I'm VIP. Like that you sounds walk up like to the club, so they open much up cooler. The velvet rope, let you right? in, but not like, else. You know, Sorry, you're not on the list. I get to sit on the special special couch and stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm 
I'm a VIP. You're not on the list. But you didn't person. ask me my name. What's your name? Joe Frankenstein Sense. Yeah, you're not on the list. But how do you project how long this is going to happen? Like, if you're looking to freeze yourself just to get through this situation, you know, how how long do you freeze yourself? You know, do you freeze yourself for a month? Do you freeze it for a couple of months? You know, you don't really know what the state of affairs are going to be, you know, when you come out of it either. Or do you just pull a fry? I mean, granted, he didn't freeze himself, like, Intentionally. Intentionally. It, it happened accidentally. Well, but do you freeze? Well, we'll get into that. But, you know, do you freeze yourself for a thousand years and just hope for the best? See, I would freeze myself for a bare minimum of eight years. Why? Bare minimum of eight years. Okay. Why? But eight, though. Eight. Why eight? Because. Should, I understand four. Should dipshit win another term, I don't want to be around for that. However, should for some reason Joe Biden win, I don't want to be around for that either. And it doesn't seem like there's very much uh, coming down the pipeline for quality stuff. So 2028 uh, would probably be, I mean, my best case scenario, people realize that all the stuff that Bernie's been talking about for the past 50 years is what we need right now. And they're like, you know what? This is a guy that'll get it done. And then I wake up and everything is so much better. So you like, wake up to like universal health care and people are caring about the climate. Right. Like, And, you know, equal fair rate wages. Right. And, you know, people who are, you know, universal health care, like you said, but also like universal tuition, you know, universal basic income, all this stuff. Uh, that would be f- that would be fantastic. So the minimum I would do is eight years because that way, you know, I'd come up. At that point, I I would have missed my fortieth birthday, but I'd be coming up on my fiftieth. Um, I don't know. I would be I would be older at that point, but I would have, you know, I would still be like I'm in my thirties, almost at fifty. And people are like, how old are you? I'd be like. I'm almost 50. They're like, man, you don't look a day over 75. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's a, because, you know, depending on if you if you do decide to freeze yourself, you know, depending on, on what you choose, like the length of time, you're going to miss a lot. I would also like to throw in a little bit of, uh, you know, if we're, if we're talking cryogenic freezing, you know, it, we didn't state the exact technology i mean everyone's assuming that you'd use the futurama technology but i'd like to combine it with the demolition man technology because that way they can uh subliminally implant a skill like when uh oh so you'll just you'll wake up more knowledgeable well when uh what's his name uh sylvester stallone goes through his his cryo prison when he wakes up he is uh an expert at knitting and crocheting that's part of his rehabilita- rehabilitation program so he he uh he's like oh right now i could knit a throw rug with my eyes closed <laughs> like he he knits what's her name sandra bullock a sweater as an apology because he can he can knit now that's part of his thing so i would like some sort of cool skill you'd be all like what up my knitter i would knit i don't care i would do that or uh 
I don't know. I I'd prefer Wesley Snipes thing where he gets all his uh all the martial arts training and like you know computer technology. At least some sort of like you know way of knowing you know if the world has changed. Like they say in the Dark Tower, if the world has moved on. Um, so I wouldn't be as naive and uh, overwhelmed as Fry when you know you walk outside and you know you have like some of the food he eats. You know, caffeinated bacon, baconated grapefruit, Ad- uh, Admiral Crunch, and Archduke Chocula. You know, or Bavarian cream dog that's self microwaving. You know, some of the stuff that wouldn't I, I wouldn't want to be overwhelmed. I mean, I don't expect that technology in eight years, but, you know, who knows? But that's what I would do. So you would only freeze yourself for eight years. You wouldn't go big or go home. You wouldn't go for like a thousand. Yeah, but if I go if I go a thousand, you know, I miss a lot. Like, you know, I would miss you. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't know that I was missing you, you know, while I was frozen. But when I woke up. You would wake up and you'd be like, oh, I wonder how she did. And you would go and you'd realize that, like, I married Patrice Bergeron and we became this big hockey dynasty. How would you, how would you two become a hockey dynasty? Like, what does that even mean? It just, it's just a thing. It works. It's just just, just let it go. Works. Just, it, it, it works. All right. Like, we, we would be like, like, like the big, like, hockey like, I might People. wake up and it's fucking Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. Like, who knows? Or, like, the dinosaurs could come back. Ooh, oh, that would be the best. Like, the TV fun. show or, like, the actual dinosaurs? Both. Ooh. Because that would be more like a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. See, I feel like I have... So, I have anxiety. And I don't like n- not knowing certain things so i don't know if i would freeze myself because there's too many variables there at least staying here i mean granted there's a lot of unknown right now but there's a lot of research going into the unknown there's a lot of that research being ignored i mean there's that too but you know i know where we're at right now i know what's going on you know you can kind of foresee kind of predict you know what's going to happen if you were to freeze yourself for a year, two years, a hundred years, you know, like there, there are too many variables involved. I, I don't think I would like that unless like I was unfrozen at some point and they were like, here's a glass of wine and a Xanax. Like, see the thing with you <laughs> you know, know? the, the unknown quantity versus the known quantity. I mean, like right now the country is taking advice, not everyone, but the country is taking advice, medical advice from a guy who's ignoring doctors. It's like, no, I'm smart. I know what I'm doing. I don't know how to operate an umbrella and I stare directly at a fucking eclipse. But listen to me when it comes to science and technology and, and medical advice, you know, because I know what I'm talking about. I have a very positive outlook and a very positive feeling. I mean, like, ideally, though... So all you need is a good attitude and you'll beat COVID-19. Thoughts and prayers. Um, <laughs> but, like, ideally, though, it's like if I were to freeze myself, you know, I would either go big or go home. Like, I would either freeze myself for an extended period of time, like 100 years, 500 years, 1,000 years, or I just wouldn't do it at all. See, that's the thing, though. It's like... You say you freeze yourself. Like, do you have stores of food somewhere? Do you have, 
you know, water put aside, do you, you like you're talking about unknown quantities, like a hundred years, even fifty years, you don't know what's going on. It's true. You could you could unfreeze to just a big burning ball of Fossil fire. Fuels. Yeah, like, you could end up like. You know, the reason you unfreeze is because, like, you lose power because there was a massive solar flare that surged all the power out. And now, you know, you unfreeze and you come out and it's just absolute chaos and anarchy if there's even anybody left. I mean, who's to say you wake up at all? That's true, too. Oh, we just got dark. No, I mean, that's that's a fairly... Uh, fairly... Because, uh, I mean, if something uh, were to happen... outcome. Yeah, power surge, loss of power. Who's to say you're going to survive that in your frozen state? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Throw down Thursday podcast at gmail.com or let us know on the Facebook page or the Twitters or the Instagrams and uh, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll be right back with uh, uh, some fries. Real, some, yeah. Would you like fries with that? Oh, maybe that'll be the episode title. Oh, you're so witty. Oh, I have a couple of them, but all right, we'll be right back and uh, enjoy these messages. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian, and you are listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. Look out! We're heading straight for those trees! Yeah, yeah, relax. Trees down! Trees down! Cool. Hey, what do you do if you want the trees up? Trees up! <laughs> trees down! Trees down! <laughs> Looking good, baseball! And we are back. So as you can tell from that clip, you know, that's a little bit of what I was talking about right before the break. Like, you don't really know how things work. Like, Fry goes skiing, and they're heading right for the trees, and, you know, Leela says trees down. And what's the what's the natural thing that someone would ask? Now, Fry's not the brightest bulb in the shed or the sharpest crayon in the toolbox, but he's got a good heart. But... That would lead him to logically say, you know, what happens if you want the trees up? And the trees come up and crush him. And then because the tree was up, he said, you know, trees down because the top of the tree hit him as he was going over it. And it dropped him back to the ground. And then his good friend Bender comes by and just buries him in snow with his snowboard because Bender is a jerk. But Philip J. Fry. Do you remember the first time that you saw this character on TV? Like, do you... Ashes. Yeah, I remember the first episode. Like, do you remember... Did you watch the first episode when it aired? 
Um, because you'd have been about four, 13. No, so I used to watch Futurama a lot actually, but I watched the I think I watched the reruns on Cartoon Network. Okay, so you Adult got into Swim it later. Yeah, like later, later. Although, was it? It was on Sci-Fi for a bit too, wasn't it? It started off on Fox, and then it went to uh, when it once it got syndicated, like the first four seasons they did on Fox, and then like it got played on different networks. Like The Simpsons never really did because The Simpsons was a continuing uh, show, but um, you know, like how uh, you know Family Guy after it got canceled. Went to a couple of different networks, right? The same with American Dad. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think I ever watched it in real time while it was airing. I did. I think it was uh, an after the fact thing. So uh, Adult Swim on Cartoon Network used to put me to bed for the longest time. So pretty much whatever was playing. So for a while, it was Family Guy and Futurama. On the weekends or sometimes super late, it would be Mighty Boosh. Like yep. That's where I was introduced to the Mighty Boosh. Um, just some other ones. That, uh, the Oblongs. Such a good fucking show. Um, right? Yeah, that was a really good show. Oh, it's, that's what we got to do. too bad that it was only, I think, a season. It was one season. We have the entire season. We have it on, on DVD. Uh, but that was a really good show. Oh, there was a couple other ones too that I I don't recall. Probably like Aqua Teen, Sea Lab. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, like Aqua Teen. Um, yeah, all of those. So yeah, it was just whatever was was in syndication, you know, airing at the time. So yeah, I I don't really okay. So I don't remember the first episode that I saw like a Futurama, why I watched it, but I do remember like you know the very first episode. Of it, and this is a series that I watched, you know, from start to finish several times on my own. And then when we got together, you were like, "Oh, I'm a huge fan." It's like, "Oh, cool, I like it too." So we've actually watched it, and we just started rewatching it through again. It's one of those comfort food shows for us, yes, because we've seen it numerous times. You know, like I have my own shows like Sex in the City and whatnot that I've just seen over and over and over again. And there's just something so comforting about it. You know, this is one of those types of shows where, you know, you can rewatch the episodes. You can pick up an episode at any spot and know exactly what's going on because you've seen the entire series so many times. You know, you know what's happening canonically, so you don't need to... You know, you don't need any backstory because you already have it. Like, there is a little bit of backstory. Like, it's not the t- your typical, like, one-off, like The Simpsons. Like, it's one-off every time. No, there's but a... But there's some there's history general, between some of the characters. Right. Like, there's a general... Like, each episode doesn't lead into the next episode. But some of the storylines, you know, the relationships between these characters makes more sense if you've seen the series, like you know in order right it's not like a lost or a game of thrones where you can't just like pick up in season four and then all of a sudden like oh this is good i know what's going on um you know with futurama you can do that or the simpsons you can do that you know with one of these serialized shows you really you really can't so i remember watching this 
right when it came out because I was 18 when it came out. Well, I mean, and you worship at the altar of Matt Groening. Anyways. I fucking love The Simpsons. So, you know, Futurama comes out, you know, Disenchanted comes out. Anything Matt Groening does, I am all about. So I remember watching it and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And I liked the characters. I liked some of the uh, stuff that they did. Um, I wasn't a fan of the voices at first, but like every show, like the voices sort of change and evolve as they go along like when the the uh, the voice actors really find their niche and fry is voiced by billy west who if you're my age you know billy west from ren and stimpy in which he played both ren and stimpy or doug he played doug funny and roger claus and he is currently the voice of the Red M&M and all these uh, movie commercials, all the Red M&M, all the M&M's commercials. He's the Red M&M. And J.K. Simmons is the Yellow M&M. But I mean, he has quite the resume as far as voice acting goes. Yeah, I mean, he was Bugs Bunny in Space Jam. Like, he's done a ton of stuff. Billy West is a very accomplished uh, voice actor, and he's just... I mean, they have a lot of really good voice actors on this show. You know, like John DiMaggio, Phil Lamar, Maurice LaMarche, you know. Well, even Kate Seagal. Katie Seagal. Well, I mean, it's... Katie Seagal in this is kind of like Yardley Smith in The Simpsons, where she plays one character. You know, like she might voice another character here or there. But she's essentially one character, and everyone else kind of picks up the slack and does all the other voices because she's got such a, a distinctive voice. Well, I think she was kind of like the name that drew people to the Yeah, because at the time, people didn't really know who voice actors are. Like, oh, name somebody on The Simpsons. Uh, Homer? Like, you know, you don't... They weren't getting the recognition that they get now right. like voice acting wasn't as big a thing as it is now where you know you have people voicing video games like peter dinklage in destiny you know like you don't see that that often guys like you know kevin conroy was well known because he did batman but um you know mark hamill was well known to play the joker but that's only because he was luke skywalker but now people are really getting to see that voice acting is as much a talent and a skill as, you know, regular acting, like live action stuff. Well, if not more so, because you have to emote using your voice only. And these voice actors who take on the roles of multiple characters having to, I mean, unless you're H. John Benjamin, um, yeah. you know, having to manipulate your voice to sound like all of these different characters, you know, that's that's a talent. That's a skill versus, you know, acting. I mean, and, and not to, you know undermine acting in any way but you know when you're physically acting you have the opportunity to you know use your actual emotions and hand movements and people can see your face so they can see you know are you smiling are you crying are you you know you have your whole body to kind of put into this role where with voice acting it's just it's just your voice i mean you can 
wave your arms and emote and make your face contorted all you want, but no one's going to see it. Right. Well, and that's if you've ever seen video clips of these voice actors in the booth recording, a lot of them do that. They make the faces and they're really animated almost to the point where uh, some of it is over-exaggerated. They're really animated. Oh, I made a joke. Well, it's like when we when we talked to uh, Charlie Adler, who not only does voice acting himself but does a lot of these uh you know coaches up a lot of these voice actors if you want to be a voice actor the first thing you have to do is be a good actor first like that's right and you know i've i've asked that to a couple of people that we've met that you know have done voice acting and they're like yep absolutely that's 100 percent. and billy west is a great actor because you have to come up with all these you know again coming up with all these different voices like you could have a scene where it's fry and Professor Farnsworth and Zoidberg, all totally distinct voices, all done by Billy West. Right. Like, he's got that type of a range. It's it's kind of like um, Peter Cullen is a name that comes to mind a lot because he does the voice of Optimus Prime. That's probably what he's well known for. But most people don't know that he's also the voice of Eeyore and the voice of the Predator, that weird clicking purring sound. That's Peter Cullen. He makes that sound. Oh, like, he's a kitty. Yeah, he he's the one who does that. So having such a very talented actor in this role uh, really helps bring the character to life because Fry goes through a lot of different uh, emotions and challenges, and you know he's a very complex character for being such a simple mind. Well, and what Billy West did when creating the voice of this character was he kind of mimicked his own voice uh, from when he was in his early 20s. Yes. Yeah, because he's in his... uh, I'm not sure how old he is right now. Let me look at the IMDb page. And it's not... My guess is he's probably in his, like, Oh, 1952. He's 60... He'll be 68. Really? In... Three weeks, April sixteenth. Oh wow, good Three for weeks good today. for him. He looks good. Um, um, but yeah, he. <sighs> but being able to to do that to be almost like use yourself as inspiration for a voice that you're portraying, and being able to manipulate your voice to make it seem younger. I think um, yeah, sixty eight. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I might have got that wrong, but no, because he'll be seventy in two thousand twenty two. Um. One of the things we kind of hinted at earlier was Philip J. Fry was not always named Philip J. Fry. He only got his name after a uh, a tragic accident, or not a tragic. It wasn't really an accident, but a tragic uh, incident where uh, originally Phil Hartman was going to be on the show. Billy West was always going to be this character Fry, the guy that got frozen, but originally. The character had a different name, and uh, Phil Hartman was going to voice Zap Brannigan, which if you listen to our Zap Brannigan show from a while ago, um, you knew that. But uh, because he had done so much work with Matt Groening, you know, Lionel Hutz, Troy McClure, like tons of stuff with with The Simpsons, and he's worked with all these guys in the past on other shows, um, and he was such a beloved figure they named the character after him. However, in the show, the character 
is named after the screwdriver. Yes, the uh, the uh, the the episode where Fry is born and his mom is uh, in, she's like she, she's in labor. No, no, she has the baby, and you know the dad, his dad Yancey, yes, comes to him and says, uh, you know. He's like, what are you thinking of a name? She's like, hey, you pick. I picked dinner last night. More morphine, please. No, not yet. He goes, I was thinking Philip, you know, after the screwdrivers. And she's like, that's a wonderful idea. More morphine, please. <laughs> <laughs> so he's named after the uh, the uh, the screwdriver, and his brother is named Yancey, and Yancey is... The family name that gets passed down from generation to generation. The first male Fry is always, ever since Minuteman, Bla- Minuteman Yancey Fry, who blasted commies in the American Revolution, according to Fry's dad. Um, but yeah, so he his look was patterned after, uh, maybe not the hair so much, because that is one signature of... Uh, I will say Matt Groening characters is they always have very distinctive hair, you know, from I know the first thing everyone thinks is Marge. But I mean, Lisa, Bart, Maggie, like that's some weird hair. Sideshow Mel with the bone through his hair um, and Fry with his weird like f- Fry lick. It's like a duck tail. Type. Duck ass. <laughs> duck tail. Ducks ass. Little swoop. Yeah. But. Uh, his look is based on uh, what's his name in uh, James Dean and Rebel Without a Cause, you know, with the red jacket and the white t-shirt and the jeans, which is not a vibe I get from Fry. So Fry was a delivery boy in 1999 in New York City. Panucci's Pizza. And uh, his life was not going well. Uh he had begun to suspect that his girlfriend was cheating on him. Michelle, uh, she was a whore. After she drove by him in a taxi with a guy in it. And she's like, oh, it's not working out. I put your stuff out on the sidewalk. So all this stuff got stolen. And he goes to deliver a pizza to an IC wiener at the cryogenics lab. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Ha. Later on, it's defrosted Wang. And this shows you the depth and level of commitment that Futurama, Futurama's writers and illustrators, uh, illustrators, animators had to this show. Because Fry, upset and disappointed at everything that's going wrong, cracks open a beer and grabs a slice of pizza and leans back in a chair and has a little uh, noisemaker says here's to another lousy millennium and he yeah, leans back in the chair yeah December 31st 1999 leans back in his chair and overbalances falls rolls right into the cryogenic tube and it sets itself for a thousand years but if you look very closely when the uh, when the chair is tilted backwards you can see a shadow underneath. And this is episode one, and this hasn't been remastered or retouched or anything like that. Episode one, you see Nibbler's shadow. You don't meet Nibbler till later in the season, and you is don't it find even, out... Is it in the first season? I think I thought you had to wait a couple of You had of to seasons. wait a while to meet Nibbler, who was voiced by the amazing Frank Welker. Um, you have to wait a couple of seasons to even... 
find out who Nibbler is. So, like, they really planned in advance, and they did, you know, for all the, the, the flack that animated shows get for being, like, you know, you know, they have off-color jokes and, like, they're, they're not smart. This this show had a team of PhD uh, doctors, team of people with PhDs on on the writing staff, and there's even an episode where people start switching brains back and forth, and one of the producers, Ken Keeler, came up with a mathematical formula that's now called Keeler's formula or Keeler's theorem uh, to figure out how many steps it would take in order to uh, switch everyone's brains back into the proper bodies, which is phenomenal. Like anytime you see like weird mathematical equations written somewhere, those are actual equations that can be solved. And, you know, there's a lot of science and, and math that goes into this show because they wanted to make it as accurate as possible. So Fry hits his, gets stuck in the, in the tube and he's frozen for a thousand years. You get to see like stuff happening outside. You know, society gets blasted by aliens, and they build it back up. Then aliens come back again and blast it, and then it gets built up and blasted by aliens again. And finally, everything builds up to the point where it's now December thirty first, twenty nine ninety nine, and he meets Leela, and he sees her, and she's only got one eye, big, huge eye, right in the middle, and her. Her uh, employee number is one B D I, and <laughs> I get it. The first thing he he uh, he says to her, he's like, "Oh, so you're an alien?" She's like, "He's he's like, oh, I have a question." She goes, "As long as it's not about my eye, is it about my eye?" He's like, "Kind of." Fine, ask the question. What's with the eye? She's like, I'm an alien. He's like, oh, did your species, you know, did your race enslave the earth? Nope, I just work here. So there's a lot of stuff he has to get used to, like the tube system getting around New York. It's essentially a series of pneumatic tubes like you'd see at the bank, you know, when you're at the the drive-thru and you put the little money in the tube and it gets right up the the tube there. Uh, That's how people get across the city, you know, in addition to hovering cars and he finds what he thinks is a uh, phone booth, but it's actually a suicide booth, and that's where he meets Bender. And then he finds out, you know, he, he, they find out, you know, kind of how the system works. You're you are assigned the job that you're best at, and Fry is very excited because he led this boring, tedious life where he was a delivery boy and he doesn't want to be a delivery boy. He's got the second chance to start over and the computer checks him out and says delivery boy. That's the, that's the job you'd be best suited to do. But we find out that this is not accurate because by the end of the episode, they're in space. He's with his great, 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 great nephew, professor Farnsworth, who's 150, 160. And uh, he tips out the envelope that says contents of Space Wasp's stomach because he needs a new crew for a spaceship for his intergalactic deliveries. And Leela, who was, you know, a cryogenic counselor, that's what the computer assigned her as, ends up becoming the ship's captain. And she's awesome at it. So maybe Fry shouldn't have been a delivery boy. 
Because he has a lot of jobs. At one point, he's an emperor of an entire planet. So, Oh, isn't that the episode where he drinks the emperor? He drinks of... the previous emperor. Yes. Because all the people are like liquid and... Like, oh, you know, you're gonna, you know, the everybody who came before you was, you know, drank by someone else. And it's like, well, he's like, it's not like someone's gonna drink me. And someone tries, like, you see someone try to try to kill him, but you know, he's solid. They call him Fry the Solid. You know, there's other guys before him are like Thrawn the Chunky and Ungo the Dewey because they're all liquid people. So what do you have? Uh, you have some notes that you have. Well, I was going to say, so Fry in the future is kind of living his best life because when he was in the 20th, 21st century, he wanted to be an astronaut. Like that was his dream job. He wanted to go to space. And, you know, there are scenes when he's younger with his brother Yancey and they're breakdancing. Yes. And this part of is a break the, dance yeah, this is the four leaf clover the episode luck of the Fryrish. The four seven leaf clover. Oh, the seven, seven leaf, leaf clover, clover. Yes, that he left in the Breakfast Club soundtrack. You mean Breakfast jacket, Club sandwich? Uh, <laughs> vinyl jacket. Said. But anyways, you know he is break dancing, and a lot of the moves that he's doing are all. Space related. The robot, the zero G, the the moonwalk. You know, and he Oh, this all comes about because he's trying to find the lucky seven leaf clover. Because all this bad stuff keeps happening to him. Right. So he goes and he goes back to its old Old New York. Old New York. Because New New York was built on top of the ruins of old New York. To try to find this seven leaf clover and he assumes that his brother must have stolen it and come to find out. So he, he thinks that he because finds... Because he thinks his brother stole his life, too. Right. Because he finds an astronaut or finds out that there was an astronaut named Philip J. Fry. Because they search for it. They search. They use the internet. They use like a voice search. And it comes up and, you know, they have all these different, like he won, it's like, oh, you know, this, you know, he struck oil in the house where he won, you know, that he won in a lottery. Like, so he was like a billionaire. Right. Like all of these good luck things. And he's just like, I need to get this seven leaf clover back. So they go to where Philip J. Fry, the suspected Philip J. Fry, who he's thinking is his brother Yancey Fry, uh, is buried and the, come the, to, se- the orbiting uh, cemetery where all the heroes of Earth go. And come to find out, it's not his brother, it's his nephew. Yes. Because his brother, Yancey, named his firstborn son after his brother, whom he loved and missed so much. Yes. And being told Such stories. Let's just say, this show had some really, like. We still won't sweet, watch Jurassic Bark. Well, I'm going to bring that up in just a moment. Um, really sweet, touching episodes. And, and there's the one in particular that uh, Niagara Falls every yeah. time I watch it. Well, but but I, this episode it was sweet. So it's almost like he he got to live. So he's living in space. 
So technically, I mean, he's not an astronaut in our time. You went to space this morning to get donuts. Right. But it's like, so technically he's living out his dreams. But he didn't really realize that until, you know, finding, you know, thinking that his brother had stolen his life and then realizing, no, it's not his brother. It's actually his nephew who decided to become an astronaut in his honor. Yeah. Like there's the uh, the statue of him in the in the. um in the cemetery says, you know, here lies Philip J. Fry, the original Martian. Fry's like, all lies. He's not, he's not uh, original. He's not Philip J. Fry. He's not a Martian. He's not a the. And Brenda's like, you're twice the the he ever was. <laughs> but as they're d- digging up the grave to take the, uh, to take the clover from him, Fry accidentally hits some of the uh, debris that or the plants that are kind of like covering the the rest of the monument and it says and then we go to a flashback and then it says you know here lies Philip J Fry the original Martian named after his uncle to carry on his spirit and it's just like even in oh, excuse me even in like a, a a really emotional scene like they still manage to put in some humor that's not out of place cuz it's like like they see that and you see Fry has tears in his eyes and Leela and Bender look at him. She's like, oh, maybe we should give him a minute. He's like, all right, grab a shovel. I'm only one skull short of a Mouseketeer reunion. <laughs> so even when there's, you know, an emotional uh, uh, you know, gut punch, there's still some uh, levity that the show brings. And now you were going to bring up the... Uh, I'm going to yeah. bring up the Seymour episode. Jurassic Park. Oh, fuck this episode uh, it's, so much. It's, it's a tearjerker. If you've ever loved an animal at all, um, you know, it, it, it hits you right in the feels. But it's one of those episodes that we get to see, you know, a f- flashbacks of, of Fry and kind of piece together some more of his backstory and you can definitely tell that he appreciates living in the time that he's living in now. He's accomplishing more than he's ever accomplished. He is more organized. He's more devoted. He's, you know, I don't say he's living his best life, but he's kind of living his best life. He has a closet in a robot's apartment. He envies no man. You know? His best friend is a robot. And he, you know gets to fly around with Leela and drink beer with a robot all day. Like that doesn't suck. Um, We get to see a softer side of Fry in this episode where we get the flashbacks of him and his dog Seymour, his best friend at the time. And Seymour would walk him with him to work every day and they would sing Walking on Sunshine together like Fry would sing and Seymour would bark and they were (laughs) just like that. And they were really the best of friends, two peas in a pod. And we get to see a little bit of the aftermath of what happens when Fry disappears. Right, because we also get to see how... Fry and Seymour became friends, and it gives you a little more insight as to who Fry is. Uh, it gives you, like you were saying, his softer side, but also like how gullible and naive he is. He goes to deliver a pizza to uh, Seymour asses, and you know he bu- he rings the buzzer on the on the building, and they're like, "There's no one here by that name or anywhere. Like you're an idiot. You know, I hope you learn from your mistake." And he's like, "I wouldn't count on it." So he goes and. 
sits down in an alley and just starts eating the pizza. And this mangy, scruffy-looking dog comes over to him, and he shares the pizza with him. And he's like, if anybody asks, you're Seymour Asses. So that's how he got his name of Seymour. And then Seymour just followed him around. You know, uh, Fry, who is a huge Star Trek fan, says, you know, gives him the Spock and says, you know, live long and prosper. And he rode his bike away and Seymour chased after him and was always waiting for him outside Panucci's Pizza. But it's such a it's such a great story because we see Fry as, you know, he's lazy, he's immature, he's kind of a doofus, but it's little glimpses into who he is in episodes like this that are just so nice and welcoming. So ultimately we get to see what happens to Seymour, which is the devastating part of this episode. You know, we know that we know what happens to Fry, but nobody else does during this time. They think he's gone missing. They don't know if he's been murdered or ran away or, you know, kidnapped or what have you. They don't know. And the person I should say person, but the only Seymour, one, the, the only one who really matters at this point, the only one who doesn't understand is Seymour. Except Seymour, Seymour knows where he is. Seymour brings him directly to the lab and like pause at his. But Seymour chamber. goes back. He stays at Panucci's Pizza and waits for him. And waits and waits and waits. The end song and, and the the montage. It's based on a waits. true story. Um, and they made it into a movie with Richard Gere a few years back, Hachi. Oh yeah, I've, I've where this dog would meet that. meet this guy at the train station every day when he came home from work. And one day the guy died and didn't come home, but the dog waited and waited and waited and waited. And we see that with Seymour, and we also get to, because right before that, when they're going to clone him, uh, Bender's super jealous the whole time because you know he's. All, you know, Fry's all excited about his dog. Um, it turns out that, you know, Fry was... It turns out Seymour lived to be 15, I think it was. And when he knew him, Seymour was like six. He goes, so Seymour lived a long, happy life after me. Like, I don't want to bring him back because he pr- he probably forgot all about me. And he had this long, happy life and probably added more songs to his repertoire. And then we cut back to Seymour... Just waiting outside of Panucci's Pizza as days and weeks and months go by till he finally just lays down, closes his eyes, and the credits roll. And it's like, fuck you, Futurama, for making me feel this. So that's an episode that we usually skip because... It actually just came up two nights ago. Sometimes I can't deal with it because it just... just We've been watching from the beginning feels again. Feels the feels. Yeah, we, we started Sometimes watching I don't want to feel feelings. We started watching it all over again in order, and we're just like, nope, we're skipping this one. I don't think we've watched it in like two or three years. But it's such a, it is a sweet episode, though. And it it's one of those nice episodes that kind of breaks up the fun, absurd... For me, I say like meaningless episodes, but like the the, the lighthearted, the fluffy, the fluffy episodes. Yes. Like for me, this episode, as far as the emotional, like gut punch, like how it makes you feel, is right up there with 
Will's the, the episode of uh, Fresh Prince where Will's dad comes back in the picture and then ends up leaving him. You know, and then they have that whole emotional outburst at the end by Will Smith. It's right up there with the final episodes of MASH. Like, it's just heart-wrenching. It's so brutal. And you don't expect that from a cartoon, but that, again, shows you the skill of these voice actors. There's another episode, too, where he gets to... It's, I don't think it's, it's not a flashback. It's, is it like the one with his mom? He gets to revisit a memory uh, while they're asleep. They use Niblonian technology to go back into his memory. But he ends up going back into his mother's memory as a reward for what he had to go through. Right. And this is a memory of hers um while she, so she's sleeping and this is after fry has disappeared it's been gone like a year or so at this point and so he gets to kind of infiltrate her dream and they just sit on the couch together and talk and Seymour sits on the end of the couch with a martini and has Seth MacFarlane's Brian voice Yes. I mean, yes, that happens too. But again, it's just one of those nice episodes and you get to see, you know, as much as Fry kind of hated, you know, his life, there are still parts of it that he misses. He misses his parents and he says that on occasion. Yeah. You know, he does speak fondly of his brother at times. You you see some flashbacks throughout the series, especially the later episodes. uh, Once it wasn't on Fox anymore, once it switched over to... Comedy Central after they did like the four movies that were intertwined Mm -hmm. um, which ended up being season six but somehow somebody from his past comes to the future with him right yeah so we were talking a little bit about how Fry was living his best life in the 30th century because he was so out of place in the 20th century and we uh, so there's a mix up where uh, they get fired from Planet Express, Leela, Bender, and Fry. And so they have to go back to their old job of being a delivery boy. And uh, Leela goes to put the uh, career chips back in, but she puts the wrong one in Fry. So she ends up as a delivery boy, and he ends up as a cryogenic counselor. And it's different now. Like, they've made an edit to it. If... Uh, when Bender holds out just some random arm that he has to get his career chip scanned, it turns out that the arm he holds out now says Chainsaw Juggler. But in the past, like when the episodes originally aired, he was like King of Norway, which I thought was weird. But I guess they didn't want to have the image of, uh, you know, someone's, you know, a... a, a diplomat not a diplomat but a, a an elected official's severed arm they didn't think that was really a good look for them so they changed it to chainsaw juggler and fry and bender decided like all these different people that they were going to you know defree or thaw out you know and one of them ends up being Polly Shore and another one ends up being fry's girlfriend Michelle who is voiced by um uh Louise Belcher 
no, Chris, no, not no. Christian Show. Andy and Ollie. Uh, Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman. Yes. And um, she doesn't like the the thirtieth century, so she convinces Fry to freeze them, freeze themselves together for another thousand years, and. She's like, let's never regret this. And like, they get into the tube and they close it. And when they open it up again, they're in like this barren wasteland. She's like, I don't regret this, but I both rue and lament it. And, you know, that's when he gives her the line, you know, because she just wanted to. He goes, before she was controlling and manipulative. Now she just wants me to, you know, to do things with her and be with her all the time, you know. Um, and so she ends up manipulating him back into her life and it turns out that that was a bad choice for fry they they weren't supposed to be together and that's when he gives her the line she's like oh you were a loser in the 20th century you're a loser in the 40th century he goes yeah but in the 30th century i had it all i had a, a low-paying job i lived in a robot's closet i envied no man <laughs> but it was true like leela even says that to him like it's like maybe the reason fry, she goes i don't understand why Fry fits in so well here. And Lilo's like, well, maybe the reason why he fits in so well here is because he didn't fit in back when, you know, in your time. You know, he was a man out of time. He was supposed to live in the 30th century. He was supposed to become his own grandpa. Yes, in the uh, Emmy Award-winning episode, The Sting, where... No, I thought that was... I'm not The Sting, I'm sorry. Roswell Roswell that that ends well. well. This thing was another was a different episode where crazy stuff happens, but uh, Roswell that ends well. Yeah, it's um, they're watching a supernova explode, and Fry says that if it's anything like his old Chevy Nova, it'll light up the night sky. And he puts metal in the microwave because he wants popcorn to watch. Well, Bender sends him. He's like, anybody who misses this will regret it the rest of his life. Hey, Fry, go make some popcorn. I was like, oh, okay, because he, he's a nice guy. He oh, is that him. the what tastes like blue? Yeah. He put, uh, so the radiation from the supernova starts to overtake the ship, and the radiation from him putting the iffy pop in the uh, microwave that you're not supposed to do, but he pulled the sticker off that says, do not microwave, so it's fine. That blue energy started, you know, kind of mixing with the red energy, and it sent them back through time. And it turns out that they were the ship that crash landed in Roswell. And Zoidberg is the alien. Zoidberg's the alien, and Bender was the alien ship. That's no spaceship. That's my ass. So Fry goes to this army base because they're trying to steal the microwave transmitter because they need microwave energy. And being in 1947, there's no microwaves. And what they, the, one of the things that, you know, you see in this episode, but you see throughout the uh, the series is people in hit in the 30th century don't quite understand the timelines of the uh, the 20th century. So, like, they go to an uh, an exhibit called Pastorama where Albert Einstein and Hammurabi are disco dancing in a hot air balloon, and Hammurabi Accurate. Hammurabi is like 4,000 years before the Bible was written, so. Um, that's, that's weird. And like, let's go on a mammoth hunt, dude. So they, Leela and the professor dress really weird. So they're like, they go to a, a, a diner like, all right, we need to order some food. 
and it's like, oh, we're from the we're from the twentieth century. Like you have to order, you know, we're in the twentieth century. You have to order twentieth century food. So, uh, Professor Farnsworth's like, oh, I'll have the croque monsieur, two <laughs> two mutton pills, and a stein of mead. And then Leela just orders a small injection of Femislim, so they get two chili dogs because the waitress doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. Right, but the waitress. Is Fry's, Fry's grandmother. grandmother. Yes. So they were trying to make sure that nothing bad happened to Fry's grandfather at the army base. So Fry sees a jeep coming down a path, and the end of the path would be where his grandfather Enos is. So he knocks Enos out of the way, but the jeep like took a left way before it would have hit him. And he's like, oh, you almost got killed. Oh, then I sure am thankful you knocked me onto this pile of rusty bayonets. Right, but like his grandfather is this scrawny, almost like a... Gomer Pyle. He's Gomer Pyle, but not quite as smart as Gomer Pyle. Like, because he's got the southern accent, which I don't understand because, I mean, I don't know how people talk in Arizona, to be honest, because I've never been there and... But he's talking like he's, you know, in And he's he's not the brightest soldier. He's not, you know, the smartest person. Handling raw chicken, best part of the job. Finger licking good. Right. But obviously, you know, his grandmother has a thing with his grandfather. He's trying to protect his grandfather to make sure that he's going to still exist. Existing is basically all I do. Something does happen to his grandfather. And yet Fry still exists. Because he thinks maybe God loves him. To which (laughs) Bender starts laughing hysterically. So Fry ends up in bed with his grandmother. You know what makes you feel better? Cooking me a big tin of a big sheet of a big tin of sugar cookies. How How about about these these cookies, cookies, sugar? sugar? And she rips her shirt open. And so this comes into play later on because Fry lacks the Delta brainwave. Which is why Nibbler pushed him into the thing. Right. Because he needed to infiltrate the infosphere a thousand years later, and he just doesn't live that long. You know, humans don't live that long. So he had to be frozen because only someone without a Delta brainwave could get by the... uh, the brain, like they were these floating brains that went through space, absorbing all knowledge uh, to the point where once they learned everything, they would destroy the universe so that no new knowledge could exist. And Fry was supposed to take his Scooty Puff Jr. and uh, infiltrate the infosphere, blow them away with a quantum interface bomb. But that's when he finds out that, you know, Nibbler and the Nibblonians are the ones who were responsible for him going back in time and getting frozen. So Fry then goes back in time to the exact moment right before and has a conversation with Nibbler. And he decides, you know what, ultimately, this is the right thing to do. I'm going to go through with this. And they do. I mean, like, because it's kind of one of those, like, knowing what he knows now, even though, you know, he was who's ultimately used for his mm-hmm. ab- abilities, um, he wouldn't change a thing. Right, but he hadn't gone into the past yet. He had to go to the future in order to go to the past. Right. So it's like one of those weird, uh, um, 
so not self-fulfilling prophecies, but the uh, temporal causality loops yes. that I like so much. But yeah, they Fry is a very complex character for someone who has you know very simplistic needs. Like he likes to drink beer and watch TV, and he likes you know different ladies and different ladies like him. He's a slob. Which, but I mean, like ultimately, at the end of the day, he really only likes one lady. He's always had a thing for Leela. The since the day he laid eyes on her. Yes, because you know, there's just something something about it, and that you know, it, the last episode, like, really is like, I won't say it's like super emotional, but it's like a great ending. So many shows have such a hard time ending. This show. That ending pretty much encapsulated the entire series so well. It was well. a perfect ending. It was a great wrap-up. You get to see all of the other characters, but yet, really, at the end of the day, the only two characters who really mattered... Are Leela and Fry. Fry and Leela. And we get... And, you know, they get to live their whole life together, and then... You get to see them grow old, and... They get to do it again if they want. Yeah. Which I think is just phenomenal. Like, again, like the science and math stuff that gets put into this show um, really enhances it. You know, so the fact that he, you know, briefly dated Amy Wong, you know, pretended to be her fiance to appease her parents. Uh, you know, the whole under the sea Umbriel thing. Morgan Proctor, the bureaucrat that replaced her. Dirty Hermes. boy! Dirty boy! Her kink was... Uh, was... Uh, people who are slobs and Fry was a slob like she opens up his locker why is there yogurt in this hat he goes well it started off as milk and well time makes fools of us all but but yeah he's one of those great characters because he's so simple but yet deep down he's so complex he's relatable in a lot of ways right which is why i mean you know there really isn't a main character to this series but he's kind of the main character of the series. It's sort of like, you know, the you know, the Star Wars movies are the Skywalker saga. This is the Fry Walker saga. <laughs> the Fry Walker. <laughs> the yes. Fry Kids saga. Yeah, and fun fact, Mark Hamill does do a voice on this. He plays the Hanukkah zombie. So there's that. Yeah, Fry gets into a lot of different adventures. He does a lot of things. He's very uh Similar to Homer Simpson in that he kind of accidentally himself into a lot of really interesting situations, usually ones that he can't handle on his own. You know, like we see a you know an episode where he's like, he's like, I have a plan, and before he says anything, Leela's like, I have a better plan. You know, because it's like I appreciate your enthusiasm, but strategy and skill. You know, it's like the first episode we see where he's in the cockpit of the of the Planet Express ship, and he's like, I'll get us out of here, and he starts hitting buttons and, and pulling levers, and it makes a cup of coffee. Or the time where a paradox duplicate of himself named Lars, like, almost marries Leela. Until he realizes that paradox duplicates are doomed. Yes. And then he does the right thing and dies to save Leela, but leaves a video will before... And then Leela starts to realize, hey, if I was in love with Lars, that means I was really in love with Fry. And yeah, that was, uh, wasn't that one of the movies? I'm trying to think. 
it might have been because a lot happened in that episode. There was a lot in that, yeah. Because there was also like the Santa thing and the uh, Hanukkah zombie goes to war with... Uh, yeah, there's that, Yes, it was the scammers. The scammers. Yes. Uh, Bender's Big Score. That's yes. what it was. So there were four movies. There was... Uh, there was Bender's Game, which is just fucking amazing. Like, if you like D&D and, and fantasy and Lord of the Rings, uh, Bender's Game, on uh, the whole series is on Hulu right now, by the way. But if you watch it, it's broken down into four episodes. But Bender's Game, we have the uh, the movie. There's Bender's Game, which then goes to uh, The Beast with a Billion Backs, which then goes into Wild Green Yonder and Bender's Big Score. So those were the four movies that turned into 16 episodes that ended up uh, comprising season six because it was canceled and it's like, oh, you know, four movies were announced and they're just, they're brilliant. And again, they take into account some of the stuff that happened in the past and some of the stuff that is going to happen in the future. But I would say as far as animated characters go, um, Fry is definitely on my Mount Rushmore. He drinks a hundred cups of coffee. He does. He drinks a hundred cups of coffee and turns into an orange blur because they get a tax refund of three hundred dollars. Someone's like, "What is that? Like a hundred cups of coffee?" Fry's like, "That's what I'm gonna do. Hundred cups of coffee." And he goes to the aquarium. And they ask him, "Do you know, guppy, trout, mermaid, whale, please?" Because you know different sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a lot. He rescues Nibbler. He tricks the the brains. The brain spawn, they called him. Uh, he dates the Lucy Lubot. He does date a robot. They should have shown him the uh, electro gonorrhea, the noisy killer video. Uh, let's see who else. He uh, almost dies by snoo snoo. Death by snoo snoo. He is briefly captain of the Planet Express. Of uh, Planet Express. Um. He is a robot for a while, but you don't know it. Leela left him breathless. Leela did leave him breathless in the uh, episode with Sigourney Weaver and um, very much a parody of 2001 A Space Odyssey. I'm trying to think of what else to do. He had, he, had his, uh, he had Seymour, which we talked about. He was Emperor of a Planet. Uh, he won a Delivery Boy Award. Um he uh, starved a brain slug to death. Yes, he did that. Uh, he had robots as a best friend. He found Bender when Bender was deep in space. He discovered the secret ingredient of Slurm. He did that, yep, because he won the contest. Um, he saved the world from the flu or the common cold. Oh, yes, he did. Saved the world from the common cold. Uh, he did a lot. He's had a lot of jobs, and he's done a lot of things. Not bad for just a mediocre delivery boy. Yeah. So I think with that, we're going to go ahead. We're going to wrap up the Fry discussion, and we come back. Uh, we have an interesting, annou- interesting announcement about our uh, Dorkvania um, contest. Yes. We also have some coming attractions. We do. And battle results. Yes, we do. So we will be right back.
Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast. It's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey, what's up? I'm Amy Stolte. And this is James Thomas. We are from Battle Star Wars. And you're listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I'm walking on sunshine. Oh, and we are back. That, of course, being Fry singing his favorite song. I had to pick uh, just one because he does it a few times, but I thought that was a good one because he's singing I'm Walking on Sunshine while washing Kiff Croker in the shower uh, because he was demoted because he was a uh, cowardly soldier. You are lying in a pool of your own cowardice. That wasn't cowardice. So I hope you enjoyed that. I mean, th- this is a, a guy we could talk about for three, four hours easy, but I think we'll we did. spare you. Yeah, I think this, this is time, a, this is a this pretty time good time. We'll uh, spare you when we do our bender bending Rodriguez episode. There's no promises. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. When we get that one. Like, because, you know, Fry is probably one of the main characters, but Bender has some of the most iconic scenes. Bender, Fry, and Leela are the only characters to appear in all 124 episodes. Wow. So, just throwing that out there. Because they are they are the main characters. So, we had a battle last week, so we have... We did. Well, we battle-ish. Battle. It was an open-ended poll. So, we have results... So, uh, Ashes, if you want to give us those results. So, last week, we threw down a battle-ish, an open-ended poll called Quarantinis All Around. We wanted to know what non-essential has been essential to your sanity while in isolation. And we put up a couple of... of Options. Options, that's what they're called. Social media... Video games, booze, or visual entertainment. Uh, our buddy Ken decided to take advantage of the add your own uh, option yeah, option and put Desiree's ass. Uh, Desiree is his special lady friend. And I agree. If I was in his situation, that would be what would be keeping my sanity. Because Desiree is a hot little thing. But anyways, you guys voted and visual entertainment, whether it be streaming services, movies, YouTube, what have you, is... That's the winner. What's what's keeping you sane right now? That makes so sense. So good job. Especially for a lot of folks who are trying to catch up on stuff that they haven't watched yet. You know, like we just watched Chernobyl. Cher- oh my god, we just watched Chernobyl and... It was so good. And all I'm thinking watching that is, wow, the way that they're acting, no one's listening to scientists and experts. You know, it fucking pisses me off when I watch something, which is why I give Godzilla all the props. 2014. 2014 Godzilla, yes. Because 98% of the time, the scientist says something that is correct, 
And the government's like, no, we're not going to listen to scientists. Scientists are stupid. I have a political agenda. I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, think, Well, the only other one I can think of is maybe, um, what, what the hell was it? Armageddon? When Keith, uh, yeah. Keith David's like, well, the president's advisor said that we should do this. And then you have Jason Isaacs, who's like, well... You know, I wouldn't trust a man who got a C in astrophysics. And they're like, Keith David's like, who the fuck are you? And uh, Billy Bob Thornton's like, well, this is this guy. You know, he's widely considered the smartest man in the world. So I'd, I'd listen to what he says. <laughs> yeah. So 98% of the time, they don't listen to the scientists. And in Chernobyl, it's it's no different. They don't listen to the scientists. Yeah. Whole whole thing could have been avoided. But anyways... It was brilliantly done, so well written and acted. Yeah, yeah, I was I was blown away. Like again, the only thing that bothers me, and this is because of the translation convention, where you know you would have people who don't normally speak English speak English to avoid subtitles. Except there are subtitles sometimes, and sometimes uh, they say stuff in Russian that's not subtitled, so you don't know what the fuck is going on. But, like, everybody's British, except for the minor who's Scottish. Like, one character has a Russian accent, and it drives me nuts. It's fine. It's fine. It's... it's No, it's annoying. I don't like it. Potatoes, tomatoes. It's fine. It's like comparing apples to shoes. It's not that. It's fine. It was fine. I was It was well done, but that bothers me. Okay. Well, it it was fine. But, yeah. So, having the opportunity to... I mean, like I said earlier, I'm still working, so I don't have, like, a lot of free time. But my weekends are wide open, so I know I've been starting to make my way through Riverdale. No comment. Um, mm. It's it's, uh, it's, it's a very, show. It's very easy to get drawn in and sucked in. Like I watched the 10 first... minutes of that show, and I asked her, what is this show supposed to be? Is it a supernatural drama? Is it like a religious show? Is it a teen drama? Like, I just, I saw I just five, said yes. I, was like, I yes. saw five different potential plot lines in yes. like six minutes of, of showtime. I'm like, what the hell is this shit? The answer is just yes. It's just, it's just yes. But it's also nice having the opportunity to catch up on some films that I haven't been able to to to, to watch yet because, you know, the past few months I've been really busy. So now I'm now I'm not so busy. I think we're all kind of in the same boat. We're all kind of. I recommend not so watching busy. the platform. That was really good. Was it? Yeah, uh, that was suggested to me by our our buddy uh, Corey. So I suggest watching that. It was really really good. I did also recently watch Fighting with My Family. That's streaming on Hulu right now. And that was a lot of fun. If you're looking for something that you kind of... It's a, it's kind of a feel-good movie. Um, you know, you don't really have to think about it. Uh, a lot of fun. There's a little bit of drama and stuff, but nothing too crazy. Uh, it was it was good. The that Rock's in it. The Nick Rock is, is in, in it. it. Lena Headey is in it. Fio- Florence Pugh. Yeah, uh, Lena Headey is amazing playing opposite Nick Frost. They play really well off of each oh, other. He could have been Robert Baratheon. He honestly, he could have been Robert Baratheon. But uh, yeah, they they play really, you know, they're, they're husband and wife. 
and they play really well off of each other. They're hilarious, but that's a really good one. Um, I'm watching a lot of things. Oh, I recently watched uh, The Court Jester that is on Amazon Prime starring Danny Kaye and Glynis Johns and a very young Angela Lansbury. Uh, that was at the recommendation of Steve Van Sampson, a uh, Parasite Steve from Retro Red Octopus. So thank you for that. That was a lot of fun. That was kind of exactly what I needed right now. It's just, it's it's a, a medieval parody and not not like a Monty Python, but uh, they're singing and dancing as as with par for the course with some of these older films. With anything with Danny Kay. Oh, I mean that too. Uh, but it was just really well done. It was cute. It was funny, um, colorful, and you know, just kind of exactly what I needed to watch last Saturday. So. It, uh, it worked out really well. But yeah, I mean, it's a great opportunity to just kind of watch some stuff, maybe get into something, you know, maybe listen to some podcasts. Yeah, get some podcasts going. Geek Life HQ, get some of the stuff on uh, the Dorkening Network. And speaking of Dorkening Network. Yeah, so our, uh, our, our Dorkvania thing that was supposed to, my cat is now climbing on me because I think she's trying to apologize for... Throwing up on my chair and then on the rug several times. Uh, so if we sound a little disjointed throughout this episode, there's a couple times we had to stop. Because and, uh, cat. Ah, cat ass in my face. It's a cat astrophy. Ugh. Yeah, I, I am not in a chair that is equipped to handle a cat climbing on me. Um, yeah, so we decided that we were going to extend the uh, Dorkvania... To Sunday the 28th, 9th? What's Sunday's date? Sunday Sunday is is the, I believe it's the 29th. So today is the 26th. Yep, Thursday, 27th, 28th, 29th. Yep, yep. Sorry, I couldn't get my my calendar to pull up quick enough. So, oh, there it is. Uh, Just in time. (laughs) Good job, computer. Uh, I have way too much stuff open because I've been working from home. So what we're going to do in our groups is we're going to post the link that houses, because I believe... It has all the episodes. Right. So it's going to be a dorkening link that has all of the episodes to every single podcast involved with this huge Castlevania, Dorkvania event. So you can get your phrase. Yeah. So what you need to do is listen to each episode... Put together the secret phrase that Message. is held within each episode. Message Leo Pond on Facebook with the phrase. Yeah, so just DM Leo Pond. Slide right into his DMs. He'll love it. Uh, Leo Pond, exactly how you think it's spelt. That's how it's spelt. And you could win prizes. There are a couple of different prize packs amazing prizes that you could win. Yeah, gift the the first prize has like gift cards, you know, an uh, an iTunes card, a Google Play card, you know, some some figures. Like there's a, so much stuff. You know, the there's second Funkos, prize pack has like Funkos and the comic books and Amiibos, stuff. It's, like yeah, it's crazy. And I believe there are vinyl three album. different prize packs that you could win. Yeah, and all that's contained in the link that tells you where 
what right. everything is. So go to the Throwdown Thursday group on Facebook. Find us on Twitter at TD Thursday Pod. Um, you know, on Instagram, Throwdown Thursday Podcast. We will be posting the links and the info as to where you can find everything so you can listen to all of these podcasts because seriously, what else are you doing with your time right now? And figure out what the secret code is. Message Leo Pond and you could win yourself some crazy Castlevania prizes. I also want to just throw out that if you are one of those people that you know, is really missing conventions now and you wish you could support some of your favorite vendors. I give you a whole list on uh, this week's Shark Bites. I give you a whole bunch of folks that you can uh, not only support, but it's mutually beneficial because, you know, they offer hygiene products or pain relief products or music or movies or caffeine to help you keep you sane. If you're not a coffee drinker, there's tea. Like there's all kinds of stuff like there's a lot of folks that you can, you know, can support and patronize and, you know, there's comic artists and, and all kinds of folks. So check that out and hopefully you can, uh, you can, you know, either share or support these folks because, you know, we're, again, we're all in this together and until we get our, uh, you know, our stimulus packages, uh, you know, we'll just have to sit around waiting Canada gets $2,000 a month. Everybody in Canada gets $2,000 a month for the next four months. That's what Canada gets. That's because Justin Trudeau knows how to stimulate packages. That's because he's also, like, in quarantine for coronavirus. Well, I mean, like, there's that, too, but he's also a halfway decent guy Mm. and wears some pretty cool socks. But uh, we have uh, an announcement of what we're going to be doing in the next couple of weeks so we have some coming attractions for you guys so next week it's patsy's birthday week from today it's his 93rd birthday spectacular yep the theme is quarantine yeah (laughs) gonna have some quarantinis (laughs) quarantinis basically just uh lysol mixed with with rum (laughs) <laughs> stirred a with little, a stirred a, with a syringe. I was gonna say with a little spritz of hand sanitizer. Uh, but anyways, so we're gonna be doing something fun for that. So stay tuned, kids. Following that, next weekend, so next Thursday, next Throwdown Thursday is Patsy's birthday spectacular. Yep. That following Saturday, Sunday, we are doing a Twitter event. I am watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy for the very first time. Extended version. Well, I, well, I, I, I we're watching the extended version, so I've not seen any. Of I've the not Lord seen of the, Rings the extended version films, but I haven't seen any, so like I have no idea who Frodo Baggins. Yes. Not to be and confused with the porn pa- parody, uh, Dildo Sagans. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be watching them, and we're going to be live tweeting these, my 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 reaction. I'm going to be live tweeting my, my reaction to these, these films and stuff. So I'm watching these movies for the first time. It's the extended cut. Um, 
probably watch the first two on Saturday and the last one on Sunday because they're so freaking long and probably going to have to take a lot of pee breaks and snack breaks. Oh, you and don't wine take breaks. snack breaks. You just keep going. Well, I mean, like that. Wait, you to, eat to, to replenish your snacks. Oh yeah, you'll have to because you, like when you're sitting there, we're gonna be sitting there for like eight hours. I can one sit, day. So I can sit on the couch for eight hours in my sleep. I have. You have. Yeah. But anyways, so that's what we're doing next weekend, and then in the upcoming weeks, we are going to be talking about. Characters from the game, not the Game of Thrones, the Lord, Lord of, of the Rings. Rings. But we we also have a two hundredth episode for which to prepare because we are yeah. closing in on two hundred episodes. Which yeah, is so we have cool. some crazy stuff. Co- so episode one ninety seven is Patsy's birthday spectacular. Episode one ninety eight and one ninety nine are going to be Lord of the Rings characters. And then we have our 200th episode. I can't even talk anymore. Well, it's late at this point. Oh, my God. Yeah, 200th episode. Uh, Our 200th episode spectacular. There's a lot of spectacular things going on. Spectacular. Yeah, see, I can't. uh, Spectacular. That's how you say it in dinosaur. I was going to say it sounds like a Well, I think with that being said... (laughs) We We will will see you next Thursday. Thursday.